Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Cureleaf, a medical marijuana dispensary. Whether you're a longtime patient or you're just getting acquainted with this incredible plant, Cureleaf of Pennsylvania is honored to guide you along your medical marijuana journey. Hey, welcome into this edition of the Blue White Breakdown brought to you by Penn State Health. That's Daniel Gallon right there, Dustin Hawkinsmith. We're here for the first of our weekly Penn State podcast series. You hear from Dave and Bob a lot. We do the daily news briefing, which is called Blue White Breakdown. We'll be focusing every Friday, mostly on recruiting, but we are also in the fall. It's also a game week Penn State season opener at Wisconsin. So we'll touch on a couple of the key topics from practice this week and Sean Clifford and talk about Jair Brown a little bit. Uh, that being said, let me first introduce Daniel Gallon. If you haven't seen him or seen his byline, he is the newest member of our Penn State B team, freshly trimmed for the season. And I think for this occasion right here, DG, it's going to be good to have you talking recruiting and we'll get into mailbag um, stuff a little bit later in the show too. Yeah, Dustin, it's good to be here. And I'm glad that we have this podcast, a good way to kind of you know, stay on top of everything that's happening with recruiting. There's a lot going on, especially once you get into the season, and especially for someone uh, in their first year on the beat like me. Yeah. But this will be a good way to to recap it all and also just talk a little Penn State football. That's, that's what the people are here for. Yeah, and of course, in perfect Penn Live timing, we launched this podcast right at the end of the hottest recruiting streak in the history of Penn State recruiting. But here we are. There's plenty of stuff to talk about. Season starting up, um, 2023 offers first started. Uh, they were able to go out this week. Anything jump out to you about those 23 offers? We've seen some graphics and we've seen some kids claiming those offers. Anything jump out to you? Yeah, I mean, it's some very familiar names. Um, you know, Penn State has been working on the 2023 class for quite a while. Uh, the 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 night of the first marks the first time that uh, it started the contact period uh, between coaches in the class of 2023. So you saw a lot of guys put those, uh, you know, the graphics out, you know, whether or not they had offers yet or not, um, you know, Penn State just kind of showing them a little bit of love. Um, the first one that I saw on uh, Wednesday morning uh, was Alex Birchmeyer, who's the uh, four star or five star, depending on where you look, interior offensive lineman uh, from Broad Run uh, in Northern Virginia same hometown as Trace McSorley. Uh, their high schools are cross-town rivals. Um, so, you know, to see that, you know, Penn State has been working hard. They've been getting in early with some guys. And, you know, I think that some of the names that you saw come across, uh, you know, getting those graphics, getting that love, I think are guys that you're going to want to follow. And the 23 class, I mean, the, the 22 classes build up expectations really got momentum going back in Penn State's favor after 20 and 21 weren't I think James Franklin would admit weren't what they were hoping they would be there and missed out on some guys and 22 classes has restored some of those good vibes and trying to keep the ball rolling in the 23 and speaking of 22 um, I know Brian Doan from 24 7 sports was out 
came away uh, watching KJ Winston in person. I think he saw six games in two days. So he was pretty active in week zero, um, but really came away very impressed by KJ Winston and uh, immediately got, got a four star from 24 seven sports. Uh, I thought he looked like a four star talent from, from the jump. It's good to see him get this recognition, all this weirdness from the past calendar year. Sometimes it's just going to take seeing one of these kids in person to reinforce, you know, some of the good things about their game and KJ Winston. And obviously, Brian Doan saw that. Yeah, KJ Winston is one of those guys coming from DeMatha uh, outside of D.C. down in Maryland. You kind of know that he's going to be ready. He's going to have, you know, coming out of a program like that, there's the pedigree where he will be able or you expect him to be ready to contribute. And I think when you look at kind of the measurables, I think he's listed at six foot two, 190 pounds uh, as a safety. That's a really good frame. And that's something where once he gets to Penn State with Dwight Gall and that strength staff that, you know, that's kind of the, the, the rawness, I guess, the, the physical tools that you look at at that position and you kind of think, oh, okay, like there's, there's something to build on here. And so, you know, I think that it's kind of, it's good to hear for a kid like that. He was the second to last um, commit uh, in July, uh, on July 31st. Uh, when he committed, he was one of the lower rated guys, but you know, I think we're going to see that a lot uh, in the coming, uh, you know, in the coming weeks, in the coming months, some of these three stars getting that fourth star, guys moving up the rankings, uh, some shuffling. Um, and I think one of the guys uh, who, if you don't mind me taking the transition here, uh, sure. one of the guys who did move up the rankings uh, is one of the quarterbacks um, who we want to talk a little bit about today, Drew Aller, uh, who I think is a top 100 recruit now. You know, he's really someone who has uh, burst onto the scene uh, in you know the past couple of months, pretty much since Penn State offered him. Yeah, and I think to to your point, just the the ability to evaluate for these national recruiting services has been so thrown off, just with so much fewer, so many fewer opportunities to do that. Um, but I think you know even with the three stars in Penn State's class, uh, these were Plan A guys. You know, whatever the whatever the recruiting services were calling KJ Winston prior to last weekend, I don't think they're concerned about that. They wanted KJ Winston, uh, really dynamic talent from Damatha Catholic, a program that's going to have these guys very well prepared to transition to the next level. The fact he got a four star, I think, puts some some fans' minds at ease. Um, another four star in the class. We have to discuss the fact that Katron Allen, um, the Penn State running back commit. What do you have a buck 62 and a couple of touchdowns, but he was part of this ESPN Bishop Sycamore debacle. And it's good to see that he was able to get a buck 62 playing against a bunch of 29 year olds. <laughs> yeah. And I think the one thing I read, it was in less than a half too. So, you know, he was really moving. Uh, you know, that was one of the things where uh, last weekend I was at my buddy's uh, place in Philly and we were watching uh, St. Francis play one of the schools from Florida and you know, they put the lineup out there and the last one IMG Bishop Sycamore from Ohio. And I was like, oh, okay, IMG, you know, Katron Allen. You, know, you think about all the other guys that are there because it's always stacked all the time. And I saw Bishop Sycamore and I was kind of like, I was like, oh, I've never heard of that. I knew there was a, a Sycamore High School, I think in Cincinnati um, that has some pretty good athletic programs. But I was, you know, it's one of those things where it just kind of goes over your head, especially now where there's all of these schools that, that pop up, disappear, you know, that, you know, are kind of these, these factories. And then, you know, to kind of wake up on Monday, Tuesday, yesterday, and kind of see how things evolved. It's, it's very, uh, very eye-opening. 
It is a bizarre scene. It looks like they're just trying to take every back channel to try to become uh, the dirty version of IMG. And it's, I mean, from my vantage point, that's mission accomplished for, for week zero. What a, what a bizarre scene. We're only beginning to, to hear more, but you know, Katron Allen went out and got his in that matchup. And just as a little preview, I suppose, we are going to be talking about the two running backs in Penn State's 22 class, Katron Allen and Nicholas Singleton. Next week, we're going to do one position each week, just looking at what's in the class and how that might fit into the depth chart moving forward. So we'll talk more about Katron Allen coming up. And in, in, in short, a very good one-two punch, different skill sets, but both of these guys explosive in their own rights. This week, though, we're looking at the quarterbacks, as you alluded to earlier, very good starts for both Drew Aller, who, as you mentioned, moving up in the recruiting rankings, has gotten a lot of love. And for good reason, if you look at what he brings to the table. And then Bo Perbola also, you know, 17 out of 24 this week. Very, he's got a lot of Trace McSorley to his game. And it's not to say that he's going to experience the same thing at the next level, but he's he's got that kind of moxie to his game. And it's a, a really good combination. We all know at some point in time how this is going to end with these two quarterbacks because the transfer portal is going to be an option with these guys. Penn State last got two in a class in 2019 uh, with Taquan Roberson, who's now the, the second quarterback, and Michael Johnson Jr., who I believe is now at Florida Atlantic. So it, it, they're going to take the, sh- the the quick path to restoring depth at this position and let these guys go head-to-head. And, and I think elite quarterbacks, Daniel, just not afraid of that competition. They know they're going to have to compete for everything they get anyway. Who cares if there's a uh, second quarterback in the same class? Yeah, I think that at this point, you know, these guys are, are very aware of that. And I think almost the, the transfer portal kind of helps that where, you know, they're, I feel like guys are more willing to come in and compete um, because, you know, you have that option there. You know, if, if things don't work out, if, you know, injuries, whatever else, um, you know, Penn State could very well bring in a transfer, um, you know, before next year. So, you know, I think that they needed to restock depth at the quarterback room, being at practice and seeing Penn State practice, where I think now they have five quarterbacks on their roster, but earlier it was only four. And you think about college programs that I've covered in the past, you'll see five or six guys out there. Um, you know, it was pretty glaring. And, you know, knowing how little experience Taquan Roberson and Christian Bay you have, uh, it's it's pretty alarming to think about. So you know, obviously the only way to get experience is to play. And if things go right uh, for Penn State this year, uh, Taquan Roberson and Christian Veyu won't take any meaningful reps. But when you kind of turn the page ahead and you add Aller and Pergula to the room, you know, I think that things are looking much, much better for Penn State. And both of those guys, I think, bring something a little different, but they definitely bring talent to the group. Welcome to Cureleaf, a medical marijuana dispensary. Whether you're a longtime patient or you're just getting acquainted with this incredible plant, Cureleaf of Pennsylvania is honored to guide you along your medical marijuana journey. Have questions? Visit us at cureleaf.com or stop in to see us at any of our 12 locations. Let's talk medical marijuana and let our confidence become yours. Well, I mean, two things to watch when it comes to Penn State's quarterbacks this year as you're forecasting the future battles. One is... Don't forget that Sean Clifford still has another year of eligibility after this one here. 
getting that bo- that bonus season. So whether he does or doesn't take advantage of that will be fun to follow. At this point in time, it's hard to believe that he would leave eligibility on the table to make an, an NFL jump. Like he's got a lot to prove if he's going to be in that neighborhood. So, you know, it, it wouldn't surprise me at all if he does come back. Now, the second part, talking about meaningful reps for Taquan Roberson is I think they want to get him meaningful reps on their terms, not let injuries or game situations dictate that Taquan Roberson gets reps. And then with that, you know, it's going to be an important time for him because he's got a lead now. You know, in that race to, to succeed Sean Clifford, Taquan Roberson has a lead. It's up to him to preserve that lead, whether that's in practice or in game situations, all of the above, because these two new guys, as well as Christian Bayou, they're going to be coming and it'll be, you know, the pressure will be on all these guys. Um, I, th- I don't think it's unfair. To, I mean, Drew Aller and Bo Perbolo, a case can be made that these would be the two best raw talents on the depth chart whenever they do arrive next year. So there will be pressure. Um, let's talk about Drew Aller for one second. You know, this kid, 6'4", about 230, moves very, very well, like surprisingly well for that frame. So he's not a statue by any means. And I think he went for a 104 and a couple scores last weekend for Medina High School in Ohio. Uh, 15 out of 28 for 246 and two touchdowns. You see the big arm. You see all the off-platform stuff. You see that he can move. I mean, there's a lot to love here, as I mentioned, too, without losing sight of Bo Perbola being a, a very good talent in his own right. Yeah, and watching Aller's highlights, the what you mentioned with the off-platform throws, that really stands out to me. I think in his first uh, first game almost two weeks ago, or last week now, uh, there was some, you know, on the run, basically, you know, really like sidearm throw underneath the defender to find a receiver. And, you know, his uh, quarterback trainer um, has been posting a lot of videos of him, you know, working on those throws in practice. And so, you know, when you kind of look at the description, you know, six foot four and a half, 228, you know, that kind of gets, you know, in your mind kind of, uh, you know, that statue type, that big bodied, big armed guy. But then when you're actually watching play, you know, he's on the run, he's, you know, he's keeping it up the middle, he's taking hits, he's rolling out. Um, you know, I thought that that was, you know, it was a lot of fun to watch. And it's the type of type of highlight tape type of skill set that can kind of make your imagination really go. Um, when you think about what he could become, you know, at the next level. And I, I don't think it's hyperbole to say that he's probably the most toolsy quarterback that James Franklin has recruited here. Just the, the raw tools, um, arm strength, uh, mobility, all, all that stuff. So um, it's interesting just looking at these two guys, like Drew Aller was the quarterback that Mike Yersich had to have. You know, as the first quarterback, I believe, offered when Mike Yersich got here. Um, so these two, you know, he's the handpicked guy, you know, moving forward. And Bo Perbola is still going along for the ride, wants it to be known that he is not to be forgotten. You know, he accounted for five touchdowns last week. We're going to see a lot of that for him with the Central York team. You know, we're going to see a lot of productivity on the ground through the air. Um, him just kind of keep establishing himself as, as an elite prospect. But it's interesting to watch the, him being Mike Yersich's guy, Drew Aller. And also, you know, you see some speculation. Will Ohio State come along and offer him, you know, late in the cycle? Will that mean anything? So it, it, it's definitely one to watch. But Penn State in good position, I think, with both of these guys moving forward. Yeah, I think that, you know, it, it might be easier for people to kind of forget about Prabula as the, as the cycle goes on, as there's, more highlights, but, you know, just kind of looking at him, you know, you kind of mentioned the Trace McSorley, uh, you know, comparisons earlier, but, you know, I think even beyond the, the physical things is that, 
you know, Trace McSorley was a guy that when, when he was here, it was kind of there, you know, he was battling with Tommy Stevens. There were kind of the questions about whether he could win the job, whether he could hold on to it. And, you know, I think that, you know, in recruiting, it's always kind of looking at, at the next guy, you know, who's, who's next, what's the new thing. And I think Prabula seems kind of like the type of guy where once he kind of sinks his teeth into something, once he, you know, gets a foothold, he's someone who won't let go. So, you know, I think in watching him, uh, you know, the offense that he's in, you know, a lot of quick passes, short passes mixed in with some shots downfield. And it's just kind of, you watch him play and it's just kind of like, wow, he is really solid. You know, he is making the right read, the right decision. And he kind of has a, a complete skill set. Um, you know, how that is packaged might not be appealing to some people, but you know, it's very clear in watching him, you know, he got his team to, he helped get his team to a state championship last year, you know, so there is a lot there to work with. Uh, let's shift the page here to, you know, what's going on this week going into Wisconsin and we'll get into our predictions and stuff. Then we made those for Penn live uh, on Thursday morning uh, coming out of Wednesday practice, couple things, uh, James Franklin, it wasn't a very well-kept secret. Jair Brown is the, is the starting safety right next to Jaquan Brisker. That's what it looked like it was going to be really since the spring, but no surprise there. They get that Lackawanna punch, the, the one-two duo from, from the Juco ranks there. And I think a lot of people are saying the right things about Jair Brown and it uh, looks like he's going to be a solid player. Yeah. I watched his, uh, a couple of nights ago, I watched his mic'd up segment that the uh, Penn State athletic department released and, it was just a lot of fun to watch, you know, kind of him, him chattering, you know, him going back and forth with his, with his teammates, with the guys on the offense. Um, and, you know, Brisker had really great things to say about him uh, yesterday morning. You know, Brisker said that Penn State fans are really going to like to watch him play, um, that he's raw, that, you know, he's quote unquote, he's a football player. Um, and that's what people like to see. That's what people want to see. And so I think Brisker, who has known him for a very long time, uh, has, has pretty high hopes for him. And, you know, I think Brown, it's his second year uh, at Penn State, his second year in the system. I think it's is a, a really good opportunity for him to kind of take that leap. I uh, mentioned earlier, Taquan Roberson. I don't think it was really mentioned again, but James Franklin just saying, used your common sense. Taquan Roberson is the second quarterback, not a big surprise. Um, and on the quarterback, uh, thing. Sean Clifford, what do you think is you're standing there and he's talking about being the most confident quarterback in the country? Um, I, I, in context, he was, he was listing why he should be confident, his preparation, his team's preparation. But um, was is that something that you took as, as a positive or what'd you think about that? I mean, it's one of those things where, you know, I, I think that the only thing you can take from it is that it's a positive. I mean, if he stands up there and he says that he's not the most confident that he's ever been, or he's not the most confident quarterback in the country, that'll raise red flags. You know, if he says he's the most confident quarterback in the country, that raises kind of your eyebrows a little bit. But, you know, I think that he's someone where he kind of has the fresh start. He is kind of getting, um, you know, for, for lack of a better term, a second chance. You know, he was benched last year. Uh, his competition transferred out. He was pretty much the guy by default coming in. He gets a new offensive coordinator, um, you know, so I think that, you know, overall the team has kind of talked about how there's a lot of camaraderie. They're really rejuvenated. They're really, they've turned the page from last year. And Clifford has really said that specifically, I think a couple of weeks ago, he said that he wasn't going to talk about last year anymore. Um, so, you know, I think that that's kind of 
where where he has to be, where he needs to be for this team to be successful. You know, he he's the one of the first three-time captains uh, in Penn State history, so it must resonate with his teammates. But it doesn't mean anything Saturday if, you know, things go wrong and the offense falls apart. So, you know, I think it's one thing to say it. It's another thing to show it. Um, but I didn't really – I was kind of like, well, that's what the quarterback should say. That's what he's supposed to say. Yeah, and I don't think it's uh, arrogance or anything like that. Saying you're confident is not saying I'm the best quarterback in the country. It's just saying I feel good about where I'm at. And to your point, what is what is he supposed to say? If he went all Eeyore style and said, well, I probably won't get the job done on Saturday, I don't, I don't think people would like that very much either. Um, anything else stand out to you just as your, you know, the, the open portion of practice on Wednesday, um, anything jump out to you, uh, whether it's Clifford, or anybody else? Yeah, I've really been, you know, the way that practice is set up is that it, it's sometimes it's hard to watch the, the linebackers and the, the linemen on offensive defensive side. And, you know, so you end up watching the running backs, wide receivers, quarterbacks a lot. And also that in the individual portion of practice, that's kind of when you see kind of the the most stuff going on because the ball's flying around and it's just you know a little bit more fun to watch sometimes but uh you know I've been watching wide receiver Keandre Lambert Smith a lot uh the sophomore appears to be kind of the front runner to be that number three uh receiver and behind Parker Washington and Jahan Dotson and he made a couple just kind of you know he just looked really good yesterday you know his body control along the sideline extending for a ball that's a little bit out of reach you know the type of plays where in practice if the ball hits the ground you kind of be like oh that was you know that was a tough play like that you know it's practice it's not the game but you know to see him make those plays uh you know it kind of you know Jahan Dotson has been complimentary of him Taylor Stubblefield's been complimentary of him and you know they said that he's really kind of gotten the mental aspect of the game down now so I think he's someone who stood out to me and that'll be fun to watch uh, on Saturday. Uh, how about Olu Fashanu? He's somebody that you mentioned jumped out to you just with his massive frame. And then earlier this week, Rashid Walker also got into, hey, look, this is a guy you need to watch as maybe that next wave. And he even said, uh, Rashid Walker did, that you can expect Olu Fashanu to help this team win games this year. Now we'll see if that comes to fruition, but um, you know, you're looking for some of these young guys. They've got a they've got a nice layer of young offensive linemen. I think you're looking for breadcrumbs this time of year to determine, okay, who might be the next guy. And Olufashanu, from your perspective and from Rashid Walker's perspective, looks like he's got a shot. Yeah, as someone who's who's new to this team, new to this beat, you know, I've really kind of used went into the first couple practices a little blind. You know, I wanted to see who would jump out to me just based off kind of the, the eye test without, you know, I know who Sean Clifford is. I know who Jahan Dotson is, but I wanted to see kind of those younger guys who would kind of jump out to me without knowing necessarily who they are, what their recruiting background is. And, you know, I think like my first day, like Smith Vilbert, you know, the six foot six defensive end, I was like, Oh, he looks the part. Um, and he's also someone else who's gotten gassed up a little bit, but Olu Fashanu, uh, I think we we're at the Beaver stadium practice and just kind of the way that he moved, uh, he was, you know, the way that he kind of controlled his body, the way that he dealt with opposing rushers and one-on-ones, uh, it was very clear that, you know, there, there's something there. Um, you know, maybe if he's a little bit, needs to get a little bit wider uh, before he, you know, steps into a starting role, you know, when you look at guys like Rashid Walker and Caden Wallace, but, you know, it was kind of, you know, he, he stuck out to me and, you know, Rashid Walker has, you know, brought him up on his own um, as someone that he'll talk to after reps and that, he'll get input from and he'll give input to. And then later Rashid Walker just kind of said that, 
you know, he's someone who's, who's putting it together, a young guy. You know, I don't necessarily know how much your number three or number four offensive tackle, you know, help, helps you win games, at least uh, on Saturdays. But it does seem like that he's someone who during the week is really putting it together and, you know, potentially carving out a spot, um, you know, on the depth chart. You know, would he be the number two left tackle if we were seeing depth charts? I don't know. But, you know, he's someone who if things were to go wrong this year at some point, you know, he's someone that you know to have in the back of your mind. Nice, nice to know for everybody. I think that there's a pure offensive tackle who's making the right strides, um, whether we see him or not this year. Real quick, uh, one or two keys for Wisconsin. We we had kind of the same outlook score wise. You picked 23-20 in favor of Wisconsin. I picked 23-21, thinking a little bit of funkiness maybe with that with that score. Um, both of us kind of thinking that that this is going to be a tight game, maybe one late, and that Penn State. You know, as of as of the last time I looked, it was a four and a half point spread that Penn State will cover, but maybe not quite get over the top. Yeah, it's just kind of, you know, on the road, season opener, Big Ten opponent, new offensive coordinator. Um, you know, it's the type of game where one or two hiccups will be the difference. I you know going going either way, whether that's a Penn State mistake, Wisconsin mistake. Um, I think that there's just kind of a, a really thin margin for error there. You know, Penn State does seem ready. They seem really excited. But, you know, I think that going on the road, um, you know, it's just kind of the, you know, the circumstances. But I think it's going to be really close. I think there's going to be, you know, a lot of field goals, some funkiness. And uh, but Wisconsin will, you know, eke it out. Well, you'll soon be on your way there. I wanted to mention also, um, and I'll give you a chance to maybe answer one of the your mailbag questions here too, but, but you'll be running a mailbag, what is it, every Tuesday, right? So you, you'll be trying to solicit questions uh, on your Twitter account, wherever, Sunday, Monday, just about the game, about recruiting. Um, one of the things that came up last week was, uh, well, I guess this week, um, was Penn State's footprint and recruiting and your initial thoughts of that and and trying to take control of that mid-atlantic region but especially the state of pennsylvania which they've done in 2022 yeah it's been pretty pretty stark how much better penn state has recruited in pennsylvania uh for the the class of 22 in the class of 2021 uh penn state had only two of the top 14 players in the state committed neither of them are on the roster this year Lonnie White's playing professional baseball. Nate Bruce left the team earlier this year. Uh, and then you look at class of 2022, and there are six of the top 10, you know, right there, the Penn State logo next to their name. Um, there could even be another, depending on what happens with Tyrese Fearbury, uh, who committed, decommitted, um, and is, you know, could go to Pitt, could come to Penn State. That's one to watch. Um, but, you know, you see guys like Nicholas Singleton uh, in the fold, Boat Kabula, like Abdul Carter. There's just a lot of talent that is staying inside Pennsylvania. And then if you extend the footprint, obviously, uh, the McDonough School um, outside of Baltimore has been very kind uh, to Penn State in recent years. And Denai Dennis Sutton, uh, who's the number one player in Maryland and the top ranked recruit currently committed in Penn State's class, you know, is obviously a, a big reason about that. So. You know, James Franklin has had a lot of success, uh, you know, recruiting the footprint. Obviously, it was a little bit down in 2021, but it's very clear that Penn State has kind of remedied that, you know, for this class of 2022 cycle. 
remedy that in time to get this 2021 season off the ground. We'll see if they're able to get some momentum going on the field now after the way 2020 ended. As Daniel Gallon, I'm Dustin Hawkinsmith. This has been our Friday recruiting episode of the Blue White Breakdown. Be sure to check out all of our Blue White Breakdown episodes. You can check it out on Alexa, Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, and even YouTube if you're interested in seeing our faces and or Daniel's mustache. So that's, uh, that's it for this edition of the Blue White Breakdown. We will see you again next Friday. Welcome to Cureleaf, a medical marijuana dispensary. Whether you're a longtime patient or you're just getting acquainted with this incredible plant, Cureleaf of Pennsylvania is honored to guide you along your medical marijuana journey.